Welcome to Reflections of Darkness. This is your gorgeous drag horror hostess evil coming to you from my lair of eternal damnation. Well, it's August out there, and since the sun is a deadly laser, I rarely leave my cold, dark lair for fear of, oh, I don't know, tan lines, sweating, burning alive. But luckily for me, and for all of you, I have an endless supply of horror movies to watch and review. But before we dive into tonight's movie, I think we need a few quick reflections, don't you? And if you're new here to Reflections of Darkness, Quick Reflections is where I do a quick little review of a movie I've watched recently that I can't or don't want to do a whole movie on. Or a whole movie, a whole pod on. <laughs> but I still want to give my opinion on. So tonight's first quick reflection is The Legacy from 1978. This was the first time I had seen it, and I was so happy to see a young, hot Sam Elliott. Then I was even happier to see his very nice naked ass. Yes, we get some male nudity. Finally! <laughs> Not finally. I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, you give me a 70s, 80s horror movie with male nudity, and I am in all day. But also the movie was actually pretty good. I like the idea. I like the setting. I like the kills. The only thing I didn't like was... The end. Spoiler alert. Even though it's like 43 years ago. Spoiler alert. I wanted the evil guy defeated and the house to explode and the curse to be broken. But it was more of a British movie and ending. And I guess they did leave it open for like a sequel that I don't know ever happened, but whatever. But it's worth a watch. So I give The Legacy from 1978 8 out of 10 cat nurses. Quick reflection number two is Mako the Jaws of Death from 1976. This one was definitely not what I was expecting. I thought, oh, of course, a Jaws ripoff. But the movie takes a hard left. And it's about a man who kills a bunch of people who are hunting sharks. And sometimes he uses the sharks as weapons alongside with like giant hooks and guns and whatever. Oh, and he has a psychic link to the sharks as long as he's wearing his tacky shark tooth medallion. There are crazy characters. The kills are interesting. And by the end, you are rooting for the sharks for sure. This is one of those mid-70s, don't-fuck-with-nature, nature-needs-to-be-saved movies like Day of the Animals or Grizzly. And in fact, the main guy in this movie was in both of those other movies. He must have been really into, like, animal rights and horror. <laughs> it's not your normal shark movie, but it's definitely worth a watch just for the camp. It's like a watch-it-with-friends-and-drinks movie for sure. I give Mako, The Jaws of Death from 1976, 7 out of 10, uh, I guess, tacky shark teeth medallions <laughs> quick reflection number three blood hook from 1986 i watched this one for the first time just recently and well it's a trauma film so if trauma traumatizes you you can skip it but i actually enjoyed it yes it was a bit goofy and yes the actors were pretty bad but and i say this all the time i think at the center, there's a really good idea for a movie in here. Better actors, more money, and a little better script, and this could be a really cool movie. I liked a lot of the kills. They were pretty funny. I like the idea of it happening when the cicadas come back every 17 years or whatever it was. It's kind of Jeepers Creepers, but with a real person and a giant fishing hooks. So if you're okay with trauma, give it a watch. I give Bloodhook from 1986, 7 out of 10, giant fiberglass muskies. <laughs> You have to look that up. Uh, quick reflection number four is In Fabric from 2018. So I finally watched this one after a lot of people recommended it. And I just don't know. Did I hate it? Did I love it? Did I love hating it? Did I hate loving it? I just don't know. 
I really love parts of it. The color story throughout was amazing, and the weird collage parts were cool, and I definitely got a Halloween 3 Season of the Witch vibe from the commercials, but I still don't know if I liked it. I may have to watch it a couple more times, and I'm also torn on the ending. I just don't know. This one's a head scratcher, or a wig scratcher, for sure. I think I have to leave this one unrated for now until a couple reviewings. Yeah. A little, a little disappointment at the end of Quick Reflections there, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> well, that was Quick Reflections. And if you have any movies you want me to watch and give my Quick Reflection on, feel free to message me on any of my social medias or my website, which will all be in the show notes. Hopefully. <laughs> I'm not feeling lazy. Well, now it's time for a new segment that I'm calling Midnight Musings where I share a thought, a feeling, an idea, a little tidbit from my many, many, many years on this planet. <laughs> so I had a thought a while back while cleaning out the layer of eternal damnation. I came across tons of stickers and pins and patches, you know, stuff you get from movies, drag queens, t-shirt companies, pride events, the cute ones you buy and intend to use but don't because you want it to be in the perfect spot or you don't want to lose it or quote-unquote waste it, if you know what that makes sense. So you end up with a pile of stickers or patches and pins that you shuffle from one container to a drawer to a stack of papers, and they sit there not fulfilling their one true purpose of being seen. So I thought, why not use those things and enjoy them while I can? So if you're like I used to be, saving those things for one day, just use them because there will always be more and you should enjoy them now and let them fulfill their destiny. <laughs> now, I'm not saying plaster your walls with stickers or put patches on all your clothes, unless that's what you want to do. I'm not in charge of you. You can do you. Uh, but find ways to use them to get rid of some clutter and enjoy. And that was the first Midnight Musings. Fun, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now that we've reflected quickly and mused on a subject... I think it's time for tonight's main feature. Enjoy. Tonight we are doing Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. One of the Canucksploitation films <laughs> of the early 80s. And you heard that little giggle. Who uh, knew that that was a word? And that was his voice. <laughs> Rejoining me on Reflections of Darkness is my very special returning guest, Mr. Gregory. Hello. So we just finished watching Happy Birthday to Me. This was the first time you've watched it. And this was my only my second time. And I watched it for the first time just recently. And I actually was like, I have to do this. This was such a good slasher that I had never seen. I mean, I've always seen that photo of it with the guy with a skewer with through his, his face. Yeah. Yeah. But I've never watched it. I don't know why. Well, now we have. Yeah. Now and it I was know. quite the experience. It was quite the experience. It was at that. Uh, the opening music is great, the little, like, piano suite. Uh, and then we open with a girl walking to her car alone at night. I call her Little Miss Scarf and Stockings. Scarf and Stockings. Uh, and then we get a fake out with the dean of students, I guess, the woman walking her dog Winston. Before we knew her name, I just referred to her as some judgy old bitch with a dog named Winston. Totes. Basically, you could just leave it at that, because, yeah, she was. Um, and she's like, you know, you and your friends, the top 10 is the, all the cool kids call themselves at this school, apparently, you know, need to be better. And if you were, you'd be at Harvard by now or whatever. She's just, you know, cranky old lady who doesn't like the rich kids. She's judgy. She's judgy. 
Uh, so fake out. So then she continues on her way to the car because she's going to go meet her friends at the pub. You know, drinking and driving was a big thing in the late 70s and early 80s. Also, bitch keeps her keys in the glove compartment. Who does that? Again, it was a different time. People were more trusting. So I'm not going to keep my fucking keys in the glove compartment. <laughs> it's for gloves. It's for gloves where nobody keeps gloves either anymore anyway. Uh, anyways, the, the college is a ghost town. There is nobody. You would think a college. There'd be people walking around. I mean, it's not that late at night, right? No, but it's the perfect scene for killing, you know. There's that. There's that. Killing people. Right. So we get our first kill. The girl slides into her car. Hands come around behind her neck. Pull her into the back seat and is choking her to death. But wait. She fakes out the killer and she's not actually dead. Not only that, but like, so she's being strangled. And like, these two people walk by the car. (laughs) Right. And she doesn't so much as honk the horn of the car or make any sound or tap on the glass anything she just kind of just oh i'm being strangled and i'm gonna flail my arms around right until she kicks the door open fakes that she's dead and then gets away but does she run away no, no. she stops five feet away <laughs> yeah, from where the killer five, is. five feet away from where the killer is and decides this is i'm safe now <laughs> dumbass right so then she gets another little fake scare where he grabs her and she runs another five feet and stops again and then someone comes up to her and she's like, oh, it's you. I'm so scared. But then she sees that the you that she's talking to has a razor in their hand and slashes her throat open. It's actually a really good throat slash, like the special effects. Yeah. Right. Now we cut to the pub, which is what I think called the Silent Lady. Is that what it was? Something like that. But it was just a, a, a woman with no head. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the way to be silent, right? In my head. Um, and there's a bunch of old men in, like, Shriner's hats singing 100 bottles of beer on the wall, and they're at, like, 50. So they've been going for a while. 53 bottles of beer. There's And then nine of the top ten are there at the bar fuming because these old men are singing 100 bottles of beer on the wall. Which, yeah. I mean, I would be too. Especially if they'd been there for the whole 50 first yeah, part that, of Yeah, that'd be obnoxious and I, I would have left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the one poor nerd uh, guy of the top ten, apparently, they have a nerd named Alfred. Even though there are several times they call him Albert, which confused me. Right. So, anyway. He shows up. He has a rat with him. He's got a crush on the main girl, Ginny. Tries to buy her a drink. And she's like, no, we don't do that. Then all the top ten or whatever, the top nine that are there, grab the rat, put it in a sign, and give it to the old men, pranking them. The rat makes it out. He's fine. Don't call PETA. It's too late anyway. And then they leave. Well, they kind of start a fight, and they get kicked out. Right. And they all run, because, you know, they're a bunch of fucking drunk asshole kids. Right. Privileged, entitled youth. Cut to, they're outside the pub, and they're going to do this thing called the game. Now, the game is where they race their cars over one of those, I want to say drawbridge, but that's not what what it's called. It's like a bridge that separates in the center to let ships through. Right? And so they have an order. They're like, I'm first, I'm second, I'm third, I'm fourth, I'm fifth. And so they go... And they try, you know, they jump over as the bridge is opening up. And the last guy and the fifth guy, the fourth guy and the fifth guy, 
make a $20 bet that he won't make it over, right? A whole $20. Right. So the fourth guy's like, you're not going to make it. You're going to owe me $20, blah, blah, blah. So they're going, and it's raising slowly, slowly. Fourth guy who made the bet chickens out. Fifth guy, the blonde, cute guy that I like. You I weren't mean, that impressed, but... The 70s feathered hair does not do what it does for me, what it does for you. Oh, it does it for me. Yes, it does. Anyway, <laughs> he's in his little blue car with Ginny and the other girl that I never even learned her name because... I, I don't know half the characters' names. Right. Uh, and they're going, and they're going, and Ginny is about to have an upset. But the car flies over, and the way it lands, it crushes the entire front of the car. One of the wheel hubcaps flies off. And there is no way this car was actually driving away from this. But, but at least he won $20. Hey, at least he won $20. And in 1981, that was a lot of money. Well, it was enough to fix his car because in the next scene, his car is perfectly totally fine. not damaged anymore. <laughs> right. Exactly. So there's that. So then Jenny is freaking out this whole time after they make the jump. And she busts out of the car and runs off into the woods and they're like eh, it's fine she lives just right over there don't worry she'll be about fine it. don't worry about it let's just let this bitch run away which is fine because she was crazy i'm sorry but she was having an issue uh but she goes to the cemetery to visit her uh what we find out is her dead mother's grave right. which is perfectly relocated right next to her house which is so convenient <laughs> who doesn't want a graveyard right next to their house i, I mean, mean come on I, I wouldn't have a problem with that but we see as she is visiting with her mother and trimming the grass with the little hedge clippers uh, that someone is watching her from the bushes. <gasps> and they have a they have a, a stripy scarf. Everyone in this movie has the same stripy scarf. I think it was the school colors and that was their yeah. thing. But yeah, everybody has this blue and dark blue. I think like, it was purple because they were wearing a lot of purple. Oh, it was probably purple and blue. Yeah. Or purple and light purple, but it looked blue. Yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Because the cheerleaders were all in purple. That's whatever. And all, and all the soccer players were wearing little purple short shorts, which I, I which did I'd appreciate. Like, yes. That's it. That's one of the things about the 70s. They had those short shorts on guys. <laughs> I'm like, bring that back. Why not? Uh, uh, what were we talking about? Uh, she's at the cemetery, and right. there's a dude with a weird stripy scarf, like, watching her. Right. But we don't see who it is yet. Then we see the father at their house. There's there's Ugh. a little bit of a weird the relationship yeah with these two is uh creepy also who the fuck open mouth kisses their father well not even open mouth kisses like it's the whole like you know you kiss your dad you like just kiss him straight on like she tilts her head and leans in and I'm like no no, no girl that's not how you kiss your dad yeah okay? it's that's how you kiss your daddy mm, there it is uh, <laughs> but yeah it's the, the whole ugh, the whole relationship between these two is just it's it just feels Blech. it's gross yeah it's it's very incesty uh but uh and he's clearly the father's overprotective because the mother's gone and you know this girl's always kind of on the edge it seems at least that's the impression i get from her hair she's <laughs> always on the edge her hair is, her hair so is thirsty oh my god her hair is just so dry. thirsty yeah anyway <laughs> uh but we see that someone outside is watching him through the window it's one of the top 10 it's just one of the boys and you know oh it's it's the dude who followed her home was like i'll walk you home is it i'll walk you home. oh it is yes 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 the it's french like, guy like creepy deadpanning i'll walk you home right so he's watching him through the window and he climbs up the terrace and into a room giving me like scream vibes then we see her go upstairs to get ready for bed and her little get ready for bed ritual scene is very weird this girl is i don't know what to say this girl like so, like she'll knock stuff off and just leave it there 
Like, she'll hang up her shirt, but then she'll just throw her panties on the floor. She's just a weird granny, like, her weird, like, flower-embroidered granny <laughs> panties just on the floor. Right, but then she'll put on this, like, fancy kimono thing to go to her bathroom, which is super bougie. It's got a separate bidet across <laughs> from the toilet, and it's all tiled, and the tiling is giving me the Christina's bathroom from Mommy Dearest. It's giving me that vibe. Uh, I don't know why, it just it just is. So more of this creepy guy watching her do stuff and then all of a sudden something flies out her window and she freaks out and screams. So obviously the guy left the room without saying anything to her. So he wasn't there for Nookie. He was there for something else. Yes. And then it cuts to the next day where they're being uh, scolded by uh, the judgy, judgy lady dog with Winston, the lady, the dog. <laughs> right. What was her name? She's like the dean or something. I don't, I don't remember what her name is. I still don't know. Yeah, they it's judgy old bitch. Yeah, so Ginny and Anne uh, join the lecture already in progress because one student is missing, the Bernadette, uh, and they were getting yelled at because of the scene they made at the bar last night with the Shriner guys and the rat and the, probably jumping over that bridge, which they're not supposed to do and probably have been told a million times. But since their family has money, they can do whatever they want. And this is where we see... Uh, Judgy old bitch's hair. Oh, right. And it's like a weird bowl cut mixed with a mullet. It's right. very unfortunate. It's very later years, uh, the Brady mom, Carol Brady, <laughs> that very kind of mullety look. It was very that, but not as good, which is weird to say about a mullet. Yeah, it <laughs> Can was. Can a mullet even be good? Uh, no. Mm. Some, now I'm going to say yes, that they can. There's some hot hockey guys from the 70s, 80s Ugh, that no. made that mullet happen, and MacGyver. Hot, no, hot mullets, mullet. you could be hot, but like just leave the mullet at home. <laughs> just hang it up in your closet, wear it in your off time. It's exactly, fine. we don't need to be, you know, party in the back, business up front all the time. So yeah, so Bernadette didn't show up. Um, right, and so... And so, then so after that, they start talking about the lecture, and it has something to do with... Uh, electricity and, and frog's legs yes uh, stimulating the nerve in the leg which is uh a throwback which i'm thinking is a throwback to how mary shelley started doing frankenstein is where she was at a lecture where somebody was putting electricity through frog's legs and making them move and that was her inspiration for frankenstein really because i was always told uh that it was uh it was in 1816 the year without a summer where her I think Lord Byron and some other people they were, were all together. Yeah, they were all stuck inside because of the crazy weather, because of the eruption of uh, some mm, uh, some volcano. I can't remember now, uh, but the weather was crazy, so they were stuck inside, and they had a contest to see who could write the scariest story. Right, but she was inspired by what she oh, saw. Oh, I didn't know that part. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Sorry about the tangent, but you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so we get the uh, teacher doing a little Frankenstein thing and. Ginny uh, has a flashback about being in some, I, for a lack of a better thing, like a giant MRI machine precursor because it looks very slapdash. Yeah. Then we meet her psychiatrist, David, and apparently she underwent some new experimental procedure to fix her after an accident, but we don't quite know what the accident was yet. Yeah, she's still remembering. She doesn't really remember a whole lot. Right, but it's slowly coming back to her. I was an experiment, David. Just like that frog in the lab. Principle is very simple. When a uh, salamander loses a tail, grows a new one. And uh, Dr. Feinblum found that when this happens, the uh, salamander's nervous system 
It creates a kind of an electric field around the site of the wound. So what he did was he developed this apparatus which reproduced this field in human beings. And this field brought about a regeneration and a healing of uh, broken bones or damaged tissue in internal organs. And brain cells. You were the first. A guinea pig. Yes, but a very successful guinea pig. What you remember today proves it. Uh, cut to the motorcycle dirt bike race where the French guy is racing and he wins, of course. And why did he win? Because he had this gorgeous pair of <laughs> granny panties stuck in his shirt next to his heart. He done so Virginia's weird granny panties. Which, okay. Because he's dating one of the other, he was dating one of the other girls in the top ten. But now he's stealing her panties. And, and uh, he, he reveals the panties in front of Virginia and Alfred. And Alfred looks like affronted because, you know, Alfred kind of has a thing for Virginia. Right. And he looks and they zoom in on him looking crazy and upset. So then we cut to later that night. And the French guy is working on his bike in a room with no ventilation while it's running. Smart. But again, who works on their bike while it's running? So the back wheels just... F- turning and he's revving the engine and making it go faster also he's working on his bike while it's running and he's wearing a scarf right there's that too it must be cold in that room I don't know. <laughs> but everybody's always wearing that goddamn scarf that's true it's like one of those it's a red herring scarves are very important to these right. people right we're just looking it wasn't a cape no capes so the uh killer comes up behind him slowly lifts the scarf which he doesn't feel obviously and just throws it into the wheel of the bike and then revs the engine and his face just goes into it and splatters and it's great. Great kill, great shot, great idea. Do you concur? I agree. <laughs> it was, I mean, we saw it coming, but it, it didn't It didn't make it any less fun. So now we see two of the girls. I think it was Anne and Ginny. It's Anne and Virginia. And, yeah, Virginia, Ginny. Uh, going to Alfred's house to, you know, see where he was because he wasn't at the bar that night yeah right we we know that he already we already know that he practices taxidermy and makes models we'd say of like faces and heads and stuff or should we say that we should should say that well they they talk about how uh they keep making jokes about how albert's gonna stuff them or something right like (laughs) it's supposed to be sexual but it's it just doesn't work it's just kind of gross because alfred's not like he's like this little tiny nerd guy and you're like yeah frankly he's the he's the one that i thought was hottest out of all the boys Take off the dumb hat and maybe the glasses. And he no, does... the glasses are what do it. Okay, I can't have mullet, but you have glasses. Whatever, fine. And that's it's all. Fine. Hey, that's all it takes for me is a beard and glasses. <laughs> well, he needed a beard for sure. Then, all right. So they're in his house and they see this thing on the table that has a little cloth draped over it, and they're like, "What is it?" And Anne's like, "Well, let's look." <laughs> she just pulls it off, and what is it? It's Bernadette's head. It's Bernadette's head. And it really is her head. Like, they just have this woman's head through a table. But then they flash, when they turn the lights on, it's just a rubber mask, which looks nothing like her now. Uh, well, so they see it, and they're like, oh my god, right. And then fucking Alfred shows up. Right. And he's being all creepy and menacing, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. Alfred's the killer. Where's it going to go from here? Right. What are you doing here? We were worried because you didn't show up at the inn. You were worried about me. Worried about me. Maybe you were worried about Bernadette. What about poor little Bernadette? 
How do you like her? Her latest masterpiece. She is a masterpiece, isn't she? I'm, I'm very proud of her. And I'll tell you something. If you're both very good, you can be my next models. I think you'd be good models. And then he turns on the light, and the head that was clearly Bernadette's head before is now just like a fakey faker's. That a doesn't shitty even look rubber that mask, good. yeah. <laughs> doesn't even look that good. And he like pops the eye out, and he's like, what? Right. And they're like, Alfred, you're like disgusting, or whatever. Yeah, that's basically what they said. So <laughs> so then we get, I jumped. I think I, think I stopped writing for a little bit, because I got a little too into it. And the next thing I have is about the weightlifting scene. Is that what you have? uh no uh so uh it jumps to uh they're at school they're being uh like teachers are being questioned about the two people that are missing and of course what the the now the top eight because you know two of them are gone right decide to go to a movie but they don't invite rudy rudy right uh for whatever reason because steve is now dating rudy's ex-girlfriend oh okay the blonde there were some parts that were confusing, so I'm just like, I have right. no idea what the And the, fuck the thing is, is, like, these people switch partners every other scene, so yeah. it's it's a little confusing. So those two get into a bit of a fight, and then it's like, oh shit, now you kind of know who's going to die next. It's it's Blondie. But it's not. Those weren't the ones fighting. Oh. Blondie was the one that backed him off. I like, might add that all the people in this movie looked exactly the same to me. <laughs> well, some of them definitely did have striking resemblances to each other, and some of the girls... Some of the girls uh, were definitely similar. So, yes, yeah. exactly. So, so yeah, so there's like a little scuffle and then it's like, okay, okay. Whatever. And everybody goes home and it's whatever. Then we cut to my favorite scene. Oh, uh, no, this was this was pretty good. It was really good. It was pretty good. <laughs> it's a good scene. It was the best kill for so sure. So you've got my hot guy with the blonde feathered hair and his little red short shorts. And he's just in his house lifting weights because that's what you do. And he's just lifting weights and he's doing uh, chest press, right? That's what I call it. Bench press? Bench press. And someone comes in. Someone comes in. Doesn't say anything. They're wearing a scarf. They're wearing a scarf and black gloves. And he's like just talking to this person and he's like, put 10 more pounds on. So they put 10 more pounds on and he does it again. And he's like, put 25 more on. And he's like, okay. So he's got all this weight on this thing and he already had weight on it. I don't know how much weight it was. We could just, whatever, it's fine. So he lifts it up and the person pulls away the bar that's supposed to safety catch it. So he's just sitting there holding this weight above his chest, above his chest and neck. And so then the person slowly <laughs> walks over, grabs another weight, slowly walks over, and the guy's like, put the bar back, put the bar back. And you just see the side shot of the guy's bulge in those red short shorts, and the person just drops the weight right on this bulge, and he drops the weight on his own neck and blood splatters. It is an amazing kill. <laughs> yeah. I mean, first you get a weight dropped on your dick and then like, you know, you just like explode your own head <laughs> by dropping a bunch of weight on it. Both your heads got exploded by weights, period. <laughs> there it is. I don't, I, just, I don't understand why the guy didn't just throw the weight behind his head, but what, what, what do I know about lifting heavy things? There it is. I don't know. But it is one of the best scenes. And if you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. Spoiler, it's great. You should it's, go watch it. And the thing the thing about this movie is it's not super graphic. Like you don't see a whole lot of gore, but you see like blood splattering. Yes, you do. Well, I mean it's pretty gory, that first neck slice. Well, true, but compared to other movies I've seen, like it's not heavy, like we're gonna show you like all the terrible things that are happening. Right, but it is well done because you know, this, the kind of the less you see, the better. Yeah, no, I'm totally not, uh, I'm totally agreeing with you on that one. Right, right. 
All right, so then we cut to the soccer game. These people are all over the place. One's a weightlifter, one's a motorcycle guy, one's a swimmer, one's a soccer person. I mean, they are the top elite fucking top 10, so they're all, you know, whatever. They're top seven now. Top seven now, yes. Uh, so we're at the soccer game, and Rudy makes the winning goal, and Alfred stops the one not goal. I don't know. I don't know sports terms. Sorry. <laughs> Sports balls. Sports. What are those? Right? So after the game, Rudy sees a scarf poking out of the ground out of this rose garden. So he goes over and covers it up with dirt, acting super sketch, right? Mm-hmm. And he hides it. Oh, um, Rudy oh. also, before that, Rudy asks Virginia out. And the, the other bitch looks all pissy about it. I can't remember what her name was. But one of the other girls in the top ten looks all... Right, the blonde one who was done with him and started dating Steve, but now she's upset. Yeah. That he's talking to someone else in their same fucking group. Again, incestuous. Uh, so, yeah, so for their date, apparently, Rudy takes Ginny up to this belfry in a church... We get a little backstory from Jenny, just this little hint that she used to go to the school years ago, but she'd been gone for a while because she had had that accident. But then they just kind of are like, oh yeah, okay, great. And then Rudy starts acting super sketch. Super sketch. And he's like, what if I, what if I cut this rope so that when they pull on the bell, the rope falls? And it's like, okay. He's and, like, then, and then he pulls out a knife and he's like, I have a knife. <laughs> and they, I have a knife. And they zoom in on his eyes and they're all like... Super creepy and... And he's like walking toward Virginia with the knife just going, I have a knife. I have a knife. <laughs> and then it cuts to black and we don't actually see anything that happens. Yeah, like Ginny's all like backing up into this dark corner and it just, everything goes black. And then we see like the floor of the belfry. Right. And there's like some blood drips and then like a priest walks in and pulls on the rope and the rope falls... And then there's like blood on the end and he like, like the priest leaves and starts screaming. He does. He goes, he goes, he just goes, help, murder. <laughs> he just starts screaming murder and runs out. It's very funny. And then it cuts to Ginny running off to her psychiatrist. Dr. David. Dr. David. And she has another flashback. But this flashback is of brain surgery. And this girl is falling apart. But fun fact the brain surgery scene in this flashback was performed by an actual neurosurgeon, but on a fake brain. So I guess that's how they got away with it. Don't know. Uh, so her psychiatrist doesn't help her at all, but he's like, oh, I'll take you home. Because obviously there's nothing I can do for you in my office. Well, also, apparently Virginia died. Technically she died during the surgery, but then she she came back. But was that true or was that like a false memory? Because the doctor was like screaming, she's dead. Don't worry about it. And she's like, no, I don't. I think yeah, part of was, that was false memory. There was weird. Like I said, this movie was a bit hard to follow in places. <laughs> right. Even after the second watch, it is actually came a little bit clearer. So maybe you should watch it again. But for this, for this, it's uh, yeah, for you, it was probably super crazy. <laughs> so it's the next day and we get a little bit of a what's the word I want? We get a little bit of a, a roundup. No, not a roundup from the news the news on the radio we get a little this is what's happened up till now heads the investigation that two more students have disappeared lieutenant tracy refuses to confirm or deny that police believe the incidents are related also missing is etienne vercourt a french citizen on an exchange program at the crawford academy he is the son of ambassador adrienne vercourt the third missing student is gregory hellman the son of nathaniel hellman chairman of the trans allied finance corporation 
In other news, police are investigating a mysterious incident at Crawford Chapel yesterday. Vandals severed the Bell Tower rope, but with the discovery of a bloodied knife, police are looking further into the matter, believing foul play may be involved as well. In sports, the five-game unbeaten streak of the Houston... So now we're back at school, and we're in the library, and there's a bunch of police questioning all the students, where are all these people that are missing, right? And then all of a sudden, one of the policemen run in and goes, you have to come see this. So then some dude just some goes... just dude, they found something outside! So everybody runs to go see what they found, and they find that scarf that What's-His-Face had buried, Rudy. Rudy. And then they dig up this, looks like a dirt ball, and the doctor, the psychiatrist, yes, mind the you, psychiatrist. goes, oh, let me see that. And, and the he, police are just like, sure, here's this thing. Yeah. Just take it. It's, it's fine. Yeah. It's like, well, this isn't an investigation. Whatever. So they clean it off. It's a skull. But sadly, it says on the back, property of whatever. Crawford University. Crawford Science University. Department or whatever. Right. So obviously it was another prank. There's a lot of pranks in this movie. That don't really go with the murders. Yeah. And at this point, we're not sure what has happened to Rudy. And Virginia thinks that she might have done something to Rudy. Right. So while this all this stuff is happening outside, Rudy falls from the ceiling upside down in Virginia's face. Right. And then it turns out that he's fine and he was just trying to freak her out. Right. And the blood was from, he cut his hand when he cut the rope. Right, which is so stupid because, I mean, why not tell anybody, oh, I have to go get stitches? Yeah, exactly. And Rudy's all like, what happened to you yesterday? Like, you just freaked out and disappeared. Yeah, the girl's girl's got issues. Issues. And most of them are of the daddy variety. The coat's daddy variety. Oh, so this this is when Virginia invites Dr. David to her birthday that's on Sunday. Right. The first time I think we hear that uh, a birthday is happening in this movie called... We're we're over halfway through the movie at this point, (laughs) and I kept going... When is there a birthday going to be mentioned? <laughs> this is well over the halfway point, and Virginia's like, "Oh, by the way, my birthday's on Sunday. You should come over." Truth to her psychiatrist. Well, who's like kind of a second daddy to her? Yeah, she also has a very uh, weird relationship with her psychiatrist. Right. Like, yeah, this girl's into daddies. That's all it is. I mean, same <laughs> girl, but you know. So now we cut to the pool scene. So. All the kids are like underneath the pool area where you can look into the pool, which is like a perv's dream, right? Yeah, there's like a little window. Yeah. And Jenny's the only one really facing the window and they're sitting there smoking pot and being, you know, college students or whatever. But then she sees the one girl, the blonde, don't know her name, falling down the water like she's drowning. And Jenny freaks out and runs away again because that's what she's doing. I was going to say, this is what triggers yet another flashback. Exactly. Yes. Of someone drowning. That's that's the flashback that's happening. Yeah, it's, a, it's just a little short thing. You see someone drowning and you're like, oh, okay, someone's drowning. Right. So Ginny runs off again to the graveyard to see her mother. And someone is following her again. And we see that it's Albert being kind of a creep. Alfred. Sn- oh, Albert, Alfred. Exactly. Albert, Alfred. They called him both things, so yes. both apply. Okay, so Alfred is sneaking up behind her being a creep. And Ginny turns around and just stabs him in the gut with the shears that she had so we're like okay Ginny's the killer finally it's she's crazy she's had brain issues she just killed alfred next to her mother's grave then we cut to the next day like nothing happened and the father daddy the first daddy has to leave on business and he says he's gonna miss Ginny's birthday but he promises he'll be back for his, the birthday but you know his word is what as we'll see is not that great 
Your dad's kind of a dick. Dad's, well, I mean, he's had to deal with an alcoholic wife and a loony daughter and this house. And he's got a, obviously got a really good job because he makes lots of money. Yeah. Because they live in this gigantic house and she goes to this super fancy school. And again, the interaction here between her and her father, like... A little incesty. It's... I just expect him to start fucking at any point. Like, it's... The, the way these two act around each other is disturbing. It is. It's a little rough. Uh, so then we cut to, it's disco time. And there's some sort of disco dance party. And everybody's there and having fun. And what's her face? Ginny invites Steve over... She's all, like, she's all talking to him, like, seductively. Like, oh, I'm really good at making midnight snacks. Exactly. Do you want to come over for a midnight snack? So they leave, and Anne goes, are you leaving with Steve? And she's like, yeah. And then we also see Anne leave right after that. So Steve and Ginny are eating skewers. Who, okay, who the fuck makes skewers as a midnight snack? Apparently Ginny does, because she's apparently up a lot at midnight, grilling. (laughs) Like, seriously, there's so much fucking, get some fucking hot pockets. It's midnight. You don't need to be making fucking skewers. Right. So they're eating them all seductively in front of the fireplace. She's putting spicy sauce on it and whatever. He's like, yeah, I like things hot. So, and all (laughs) I could think of is this. It's so cheesy cornball. Uh, the only thing I keep thinking is this group is like just switching partners every five minutes. Seriously, everybody is fucking everybody else. Right. So she's like, let me feed you these skewers. And then what happens? Obviously, Steve gets skewered through the head, which is a great scene. It's Oh, it's so good. You could, you could tell that it was coming, but it was so satisfying nonetheless. And again, really well done. And you don't see a lot of gore. Next day, Anne shows up at Ginny's and Ginny is like hungover and doesn't remember last night and has to shower. And then, because of the shower, she has more flashbacks about a woman driving in the rain, stuck on that bridge. So we get the bridge callback. The the car gets stuck in the middle as the bridge is opening, and they're uh, they're arguing. It's it's her mother. They mention that it's her mother, and they're arguing about something. And she, like clearly, the mother is like super pissed off and upset, and she's like and drunk. And oh, uh, you can't tell yet. That comes later. But like, she's trying upset. to tell. But yeah, there's something going on, and she's like talking about how she's. She's never going to forgive them for what they did. And like, and like, what would your father think? And they're arguing. And you can tell that there's something going on. Right. And they're caught on the bridge. And then the car falls into the river. And so obviously that was the accident with her and her mother. And her mother couldn't get out. But uh, what's her face? Virginia. Virginia does get out. But as she comes up, her head gets hit by the propeller of the boat. The big boat that was going under the bridge. Yeah. Which didn't stop, even though they clearly had to have seen a white car a fall car in. fall into the thing. So then Ginny comes out of her flashback and she's freaking out. There's water everywhere because the tub has just been going this whole time. So she opens the curtain and Anne is in the water dead. So she's c- killed Anne. And so she, again, starts freaking out, screaming for her psychiatrist. Not calling him on the phone, just screaming. Just screaming, David, help me. Right. David, help me. He does finally come, and it's later that night. He takes her up to the room, kicking and screaming, and makes her look at the bathtub, and there's nothing there. But that's kind of a misdirect, because through this whole movie, anytime somebody's been killed, it's been immediately cleaned up almost. Yeah, like the body is like instantly gone. And the blood is gone if there was blood. Uh, so I don't know. That was kind of an odd misdirect. So he's like, see, there's nothing. That you didn't kill anyone. You're crazy. <laughs> right? That's what you want your psychiatrist to do is to force you to go upstairs to look at, you know, 
a body of a person you think you killed and then just tell you that you're crazy. Right. But I mean, he is not a really good psychiatrist. No, gotta say. He's not. Though everybody in this town seems to know who he is. The cops know who he is. The dean knows who he is. He's just, I guess he's the, he's the only the psychiatrist in this he's, town. He's the only psychiatrist in this country. I guess, apparently. So the next morning, the cops show up to Ginny's. And of course, Dr. David answers the door and covers for her. Uh, but they found Anne's car across the street from the house. And they're all looking for Anne because now Anne's missing. So what are we down to now? We've got Ginny rudy the oh no rudy's fine remember i know but but who's left who's left oh who's left Ginny rudy the one girl who was dating uh weightlifter guy yeah uh blonde curly hair you know i never remembered her name or found out her name no i know i don't know um is steve still alive no steve is dead remember steve got skewered in the face oh right (laughs) oops right uh okay so there's three left that's it uh yeah it's the the friend the girlfriend of of dude Virginia. Right. Okay. Well, that's where we are. That's where we are. <laughs> I think. I don't 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 quote us. Uh so we get another flashback with the drunk mother who's trying to impress the rich people by inviting all the richest children to her daughter's birthday party who she thinks is actually friends with her daughter but they're not. And obviously none of the kids showed up because they were all at a party at Anne's house. So the mother having been drinking this whole time is she drunk as fuck in she is just absolutely out of it and crazy and angry so she takes jenny while it's raining of course it's raining on her birthday and she tries to get into the party so she drives all the way there in the rain screaming at the guard you know, you know rich people they have guards at their houses well it's a gated house and it's very fancy and they're all very rich and the mother she has something to prove and she has this little interaction with the guard which kind of you know alludes to it She's been invited. She doesn't need an invitation. Hell, Pete, it's her birthday. Almost took her friends from school. Estelle, you can send your little girl to the Crawford Academy, but that ain't gonna change who you are. You get Will Thomas down here. Let him tell me that to my face. Those things are over and done with. Don't bring them up now. Just take your little girl and go home. God damn you! I'm a rich woman now. And I've got this stuff in their faces! <laughs> you hear me, Will Thomas? I can't be bought off ever again! Those suck up assholes! They need the old world! So they're gonna pay for this! We're gonna make them pay! So we get all that backstory. And now we're back at the house with the doctor and... What's her face? Ginny. <laughs> and Ginny leaves the doctor in her room. And then we see someone coming with the fireplace poker and we just think it's Ginny. and it must be at this point i mean we've seen her kill like three people two people two people at she least. killed alfred and Anne. right yeah so Ginny's coming up with the fire poker and she hits the doctor a few times and there is so much blood so much it's like a head wound i guess head wounds do bleed a lot but it's all over and she like breaks the little door thing whatever and then we cut to the father coming home with christmas not christmas presents <laughs> no totally christmas presents with right. birthday presents with birthday presents dad actually isn't a piece of shit for once finally but he shows up and he's like jenny no one's come he goes up to her room and there is blood everywhere and so instead of calling the police like you would he just runs from the house screaming and he runs out of the house while it's raining he just leaves the front door open doesn't you know born in a barn uh runs over to the 
graveyard because of course that's where you would go first <laughs> and he sees a girl at the mother's grave and when he goes to touch the girl it turns around it's not jenny it's the it's weird weight weightlifter girlfriend. guy's girlfriend who had no line she was just sitting there dumbstruck S- staring holding a birthday present in the rain odd so then he starts running again and he falls into an open grave there's a casket and he opens the casket and there's no body in there like okay so he gets up out of that hole and what does he find he finds poor dr david he was just trying to help right all bloody so then we see that uh the dad is going towards the cottage now the cottage they only mentioned briefly earlier is where they were going to have the birthday party when nobody showed up right so the father is going towards this cottage and he goes to the cottage forever and they keep stopping looking at him looking at the cottage Goes a little further. Look at him. Look at the cottage. Goes a little further. Look at him. Look at the cottage. I'm like, just get to the fucking cottage. Oh, but, anyway. But we have to build the sus- we have to build the cottage suspense. You know, they do actually in this movie do a really good job of building the suspenseful moments. But this one dragged on just a little too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agree. So the father goes in, and we find that apparently nobody has been in this cottage since the night of the party because everything is still set up for the party. The party hats, the plates, the original cake which is just dried up and it's just this little thing. We also see all around the table are the corpses of all her friends, the top 10, and the mother, the freshly dug up mother. And the father is having a hard time dealing with this. Ginny comes in with a cake singing happy birthday to herself. A whole brand new cake with candles and everything. And she's just singing happy birthday to me. Ginny. Me and Ginny. Yes. So then she is like, you know everybody's here for my birthday finally and you came thankfully you kept your promise daddy right and so he sit down he's like what have you done what have you done and she's like does daddy want a big piece or a little piece (laughs) seriously and the dad just sits there like okay there are all these dead bodies i'm not gonna run to the police or anything i'm just gonna sit here i think in his head he's thinking okay who do i have to pay off so she doesn't go to prison who can I pay off to just get her in a like a psychiatric ward? Like awesome, yeah. But like, bitch, bitch is also holding like the biggest, weirdest knife I've ever seen. It's a cool knife though. The shape, I love that knife. And the dad's not like, and she's like, here, come and sit down. And he's like, cool, I'm gonna sit down. It's like, no, they're like, your daughter has clearly killed these people. Why the fuck are you not running? Like, no, get the get, get the fuck away from this person. Right. So clearly, Ginny slits his throat with the fancy knife. After she puts a party hat on him, which was funny. And and and, and takes way too long to blow out her own candle. She's right. really bad at blowing. She's really bad at blowing. She sucks at it. <laughs> so then you think, oh, it's over. Right? But then we get the twist of twists. She goes over to Anne's body, lifts her up, but it's not Anne. It's Ginny. It's Ginny. Twisteroo. There's two of them, and they're twins. There are two of them, and apparently, twins. She got a sister who was crazy, which is so weird because you're like, you would have thought that one, we would have known she had a twin sister because they would have had a birthday party for both of them, right? So that's weird. Well, maybe the drunk mom only cared about one of the daughters, right? And that's why the other one's a killer. Very April Fool's Day. That's kind of idea. that's kind of like I seriously went. I went. Oh my gosh, she's got a twin. <laughs> Yes. I was like, oh, that was a twist. Okay. (laughs) So then we uh, see that they're both in the same little white dress. And the one sister pulls the other sister over to see, look what you've done. This was all for you. I I did did all of this for you. Exactly. Then we get another twist 
where she rips her face off. <laughs> she rips her. Oh, she's about to. The sister's about to kill the other sister, and somehow Ginny swats it away or something, and like grabs her sister's face, and it comes off. <gasps> and it's, it's Anne. It's Anne. But Anne, we thought Anne was dead. Ugh. So then we get the twist that Anne has actually been the killer this whole time. And she shows how she did it. She kept drugging Ginny. And that's why Ginny kept blacking out and having all these flashbacks. Because she was drugged out the whole time. So every time you think that she's killing somebody, it was actually Anne killing them. Dressed up as her. Who would put on her face and talk like her. And and walk like her. Yeah. She made it a point to be like, and I can walk like you and And talk talk like you. Exactly. So, and then we find out that apparently Ginny's mother was a whore and having an affair with Anne's father. And so Ginny is actually Anne's half-sister. And Ginny's mom is the reason that Anne's mom left. So she's been harboring this hatred for Ginny this whole time. So that's why she became her best friend, got her into the top ten, put together this whole thing. Just so that she could kill everyone later (laughs) on her birthday for whatever reason. Right. To, you know, maximum impact. So then they start fighting because Anne is about to kill Ginny. But again, twist again, Ginny stabs Anne in the stomach and Anne is dead just as the police captain walks in seeing Ginny kill her and all these other corpses are in front of her. But not hearing the backstory about how it was actually right. Anne the whole time. So now Ginny is going down for all these murders on her birthday and she didn't do it. <laughs> I love the ending. I think because the first time I saw it, which was not that long ago, I had no idea this was happening. I I didn't either and I just watched it for the first time. Exactly. I had no idea what was going on and i was genuinely actually surprised by each i was like oh, wait there's a twin oh wait no it was Anne. oh wait oh shit now she's going to jail forever for a crime she didn't even commit right exactly oh it was such good and they had a lot of good red herrings through the whole thing because first you think it's alfred and then you think it's rudy and then you're like, what? Who? Why? Yeah. And then you think, is it Anne? Is it or is it is it is it Ginny? And is it because she's like she had weird experimental brain surgery? Right. Is it like an alternate personality? It was like, yeah. There was actually a, a second where when, when the mom's grave was empty, I was like, oh, has the mother been alive the, the whole, whole time, time and is doing it again? That would have been good too. So yeah. So overall, I mean, the music was great. It was scored really well. The disco music was fun. Uh, the acting was good. I, I like uh, I like boys in short shorts. Boys in short shorts always a plus, especially on my channel. Creative, fun kills, but that weren't too like that were shot and done well, but not too like we're gonna show you bits of bits of brain matter, you know, exploded. It's just like oh, right. These aren't super like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They weren't super uh, detailedly grotesque for the purpose of right you know they let you use your imagination really yeah they're like they give you just enough to be like oh god that's probably what happened uh the only thing i the only bad thing about this movie is a lot of the characters look the same and they didn't really set up you know like you didn't really care about a lot of them because you didn't even know their names and they switched around so much you couldn't really tell who was with who at when and so that was a little weird yeah the emotional stakes were very low right 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 uh the other thing was the girl's hair was so thirsty Lot, there was lots movie. of tragic hair in this movie. That is true, but hers was just on display the most, and I was just like, come on, VO5 hot oil treatments existed then! <laughs> Bro, you could have just, a conditioner 
Anything. Put, put some mayo in your hair. Oh, Isn't that what people used to do in the 70s? <laughs> I don't know, but she needed a tub of it. Oh, so yes. So you've been on here before. I don't know if I've had... So you were here for The Haunting, which was either uh, the uh, second uh, or third. I was... Uh, it was very early. It was early, but it wasn't that early. I don't know. It was kind of. But but it so, was it was a beautiful movie where nothing happened. Right. That's true. But you know that because you listen to the podcast, so you know that... I am a big fan. We like to do the rating system, and the rating system is 1 to 10, and you choose something from the movie. I know, that was my idea. That and was remember, your idea? That was my idea. Are they you sure that I, your Yes, idea? we had a text conversation about that. No, I think we had a text conversation about, you know, we need to, to rate it. Yeah, and I said you should always just choose some random thing from the movie. I don't know if that's true. Uh, girl, if I it was, I stole it and it's mine. So that's, you whatever. can have it. I'm just saying, I know that I came up with that idea. Okay. Oh, yeah, no, you were the fourth. So The Haunting was number four. And this one will be... I don't even remember. It's been so long. I mean, it happens. I know. Uh, I could probably find it pretty quick. But anyways, give me your rating and your thoughts. Uh, I would say, oh, what, what random thing. Okay, I'm going to go with eight out of ten stripy scarves. Oh, God. For sheer, like I said, uh, creativity alone, like, the twists genuinely got me. Yep. And, like, I was, there was a little bit of predictability in it, but for the most part, I didn't see any of the twists coming, which I generally do. And I thought the kills were filmed very creatively. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was. I thought. I thought it was very fun, even even with the the uh, predictable bits in there. Yes. Um, but it was still very enjoyable. Yeah. So I give it nine out of ten. Weights on bull. Because <laughs> that is my most favorite scene of this movie. <laughs> cackle, cackle, cackle. <laughs> So, that was Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. Uh, please tell people, do you want to whore yourself out on any social medias? Um, let's see. Uh, as you might remember, I am a photographer. Yep. My uh, photography Instagram page, I believe, is Nox Vomica, but it's N-O-X underscore V-O-M-I-C-A, N-O-X underscore V-O-M-I-C-A. ICA. That's my photography uh, Instagram. I take a lot of fun photos of usually abandoned stuff at night. Um, I also make slutty things a lot of the time, mostly. I basically make everything I wear. Uh, you can generally find pictures of it in places. Truth. Um, yeah. And I'll put that in the show notes, so if you didn't catch the spelling or whatever, you can find it there. And I'll put all my information at the end, too. So thank you so much for joining me again in my Lair of Eternal Damnation, it second is, time. It is good to be back in the Lair of Eternal Damnation. I know, right? <laughs> All right, good night, Gregory. Good night. That was Happy Birthday to Me from 1981. Whew, what a great movie. Canada had some great horror movies in the 80s. I want to thank my special guest, Mr. Gregory, for returning to the Lair of Eternal Damnation and for reviewing this movie with me. All of his info will be in the show notes... Uh, feel free to message me any comments, questions, concerns, rate, review the podcast on whatever service you are using. And you can find all my information over at evilqueensf.com. And as always, keep watching scary movies. Bye-bye. <laughs>